Hi, I'm Courtney. Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. That sound in the background is me calling our next guest. There she is. I'm ready now. Okay, good, because I already started recording and I told everybody that I was calling you, so. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Um, so, are we going to use your real name? We didn't talk about that. Okay, I have Angela Johnson here with the closed Facebook group, Project That Set. Okay, and Angela, tell us about yourself. How old are you, your ethnicity, sex, sexual preference, relationship status, and condition? Never ask a lady her age. Oh, but wait, but now that's a requirement of the podcast. I'm actually really proud to say I'm 51. Woo! Fine wine. Uh-huh. I am, um, I live in Washington, the greenest state in the United States. Um, I'm a mother. I have two kids. Um, I'm bisexual, the best of both worlds. Um, uh, relationship status single forever, I hope. <laughs> oh, my God. How many cats do you have? How many what? How many cats do no you cats. have? <laughs> I, I, I date, uh-huh. but... No. So relationships aren't like top of my list. Uh-huh. So, That's awesome. Uh, Where are you going to go? Um, I'm going to start in Nepal. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go to Africa, hopefully Ghana. Oh, wow. And then maybe Ecuador and South America. I'm a cultural anthropologist. Oh, okay. So, well, that was one of my questions that I meant to ask you, but completely escaped my mind at the time. Well, I'm a cultural anthropologist, so I'm passionate about other cultures. And so I've raised my kids and now it's my turn to go live my dream. Go enjoy yourself. I hear you. I hear you. So, um, um, one, I guess one of the important oh. things about me is I'm a political activist. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm very outspoken. And okay. so that's very relevant to my story because it's part of my personality. Okay. And, and I know that not everybody can be outspoken. And not everybody wants to talk about herpes. Um, and I'm just, I just don't have shame. I love it. I don't have it. shame around anything in my life. So I love why it. would I have shame around herpes? Would you say that herpes was one of the things that made you begin to not have shame about anything else? Um, I don't know, because my story is really different. Ooh, um, I love it, different. It, 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 it's really different, and I, I, I think I bring in a, a different perspective for people. Okay. And I hope that my story maybe helps other people, you know, not not realize that this really isn't that big of a deal. Okay. Now, real quick, I don't think we touched on it, but which HSV do you have? Um, uh, I've never been tested. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah. So, um, as far as I know, I only have HSV one oral. Okay. And why do you say you've never been tested? Have you, like, just not gone or by choice? Because herpes has been part of my life my entire life. Okay. So how long have you had herpes as far as you know? I think back to the first time I had a cold sore, I think I was around 10 years old. Oh, wow. So it's been a while. Yeah. Okay. 40 years. 
So um, no. we didn't get to kind of do the background of the structure of the podcast or anything. I told you that I just wanted to get you on here so that we could just start talking because I know you have a lot to say and I know that this episode is going to run long. So um, real quick, this is just your episode. If ever I'm saying anything or asking questions that you don't feel comfortable going into more detail about, just wave your hands and I'll be able to just stop it, pause it and edit out whatever needs to be edited out. Well, but right now <laughs> okay good good so uh this is your episode we'll start where um we can start at your diagnosis or whatever you feel is relevant to the beginning of that time and then i'll just ask you questions and listen from there well i guess as far as like i said there's really no diagnosis so um i don't ever remember not having herpes okay but like so many other people i grew up with cold sores which weren't the same thing as that other herpes is what I was always grow, grew up knowing. So um, there are six kids in my family. Three of us get cold sores. Three of us do not. So I think back to a time when the two younger ones weren't born yet and my sister was living with her dad. That left three of us in the household. That's probably about the time we acquired it. Um, keep in mind that my three other siblings have never been tested for herpes, so they very much could also have it and just be asymptomatic. So my older sister and my younger sister and myself all get cold sores. Um, I grew up being teased about the cold sores, but I never took that too personally. Um, it never broke me down. I never went through a process of acceptance or anything like that because I always believed, oh, yeah, I get cold sores, but they're not the same as the other herpes, so it's okay. And I never even realized how much they were transmitted. So my whole life, I simply, when I got in a relationship, at some point, I would say, oh, I get cold sores. Or if I ended up getting one, I'd say, oh, crap, I have a cold sore. And never, ever did a partner ever say anything in response, like, oh, yeah, no big deal, or, oh, I've got one before, or, yeah, my mom gets some. But never was it ever put together as the other herpes. So um, fast forward, I got married. I was with my husband. He had a terrible, terrible outbreak. And um, Was this outbreak I, orally? No, his was genitally. Okay. So that's when I sat down and went, oh, crap, I wonder if it could have came from me. And that's when I really started to sit down and study herpes. Mm -hmm. And I really started to look into it. And that's, I guess, my moment of when I accepted it that, oh, wow, this is the same thing. And I can transfer my oral to his genital and now he can give his genital to me. And But it was never, for me, it was never like... I never cried, I never got depressed, it was just a matter of fact of, oh wow, this is the same thing. But I've lived with this my whole life and I've never had shame over it, you know? So I kind of had to accept, um, thank goodness, it didn't absolutely come back to me that it came from me, so I, I was able to release that guilt because he had been cheating on me at the time, so I let him know, you know, it's not necessarily me, it could have been somebody else. So I just never had to go through those things. I never had guilt that I passed it on to him. Um, I never had guilt that I had done something wrong. Um, so fast forward, um, after the divorce, I took a year off 
and I just started studying up on herpes, and I started to join the Facebook groups, and I started, I guess my only level of acceptance really was that, oh, I belong to this community. I'm part of this community, and accepting the fact that I now need to live my life responsibly and and accept the fact that my cold sores are the same as somebody else's genital and I do belong to this community and I do now have to disclose to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm even kind of a anomaly in the herpes community because I'm oral, I'm not genital. But keep in mind, I've never been tested. And for the last three years, I only date other people with HSV. Really? So it's, so it's very likely that I could have it gently too, but just be asymptomatic. Uh-huh. I don't know. Now, my, my question to you is, when why do you only date people who also have HSV? Is it just out of guilt? You don't want to feel guilty for giving it to someone else? No. Um, it's because... I don't want to take antivirals every single day and have them, you know, because they're hard on your body. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to stress out and end up because stress will give me a cold sore. And I, I just don't want to take all the precautions. Right. Um, I personally, and I don't want to get too graphic, but I want to be able to, to, to give oral to my partner and not have to use a condom. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to take the precautions it would take to keep somebody who's not positive safe. Yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Like, not to say that condoms are a pain in the ass, but the whole, you know, because I would have taken, I have taken precautions in the past. Like, I don't know how effective they were, but as far as I know, none of my previous partners have contracted it. Uh, thank goodness. But like I would shower beforehand. I would make sure that she were to shower afterwards. We would wear a condom, and it was just like uh, this. The wearing of the condom part was annoying more than anything. And then as far as oral win, it was just like we both had to be very mindful. And I don't take the daily antivirals. I just take something whenever I feel there may be an outbreak coming. If I'm in a stressful situation, if I get sick with something else, uh, let's say like the flu's going around. So if I get a cold or anything, then I just take the medication at that point in time um, rather than dealing with the daily suppressants because working out and eating better have been very, very efficient for me um, as far as managing my stress, which also triggers outbreaks, and then managing my body, which has limited my outbreaks. So like I can count on one hand the number of outbreaks that I've had and I'd have to really sit down and think about how many I've had over the last six years. Yeah, yeah, stress is a major trigger and it just to me the whole process of trying to see keep somebody, you know, who's who's negative, um, negative just seems like a lot of work and a lot of stress to me. You know, getting you know, taking a shower before in the shower thinking, Oh god you know, and, yep. and what's crazy is that I get pursued by more muggles than I do positive people. And muggles are people who have not been tested yeah. positively yeah. for yeah, herpes. You know, you've kind of, you know, stole the word from um, Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> without the, 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 the gift. And so, but, um, and the muggles just don't seem to care because I'm so outspoken about it. I'm so matter of fact and I'm so confident when I speak about it. I speak about it publicly to everybody I know, every opportunity I get. Um, 
for me, when I get a cold sore, I'm kind of excited because I know that somebody's going to say something or I'm going to see somebody and I'm going to see them look at my cold sore and boom, that's my chance to educate. Right. My I'm looking for chances <laughs> to talk to people about herpes. Uh-huh. Um, I, I love that. I actually have a project except sweatshirt that says got herpes and I wear it <laughs> as much as I possibly can hoping somebody will say, what? And so I can talk to them and educate them. Because a lot of times it's going to be somebody who also has it, who is like, oh my God, you know, I have it. And yeah. then I educate them and bring them into the community and show them the normalcy of it. So, yeah. And it's kind of like that lighthouse effect. I had a conversation with someone about this, like people are looking for beacons of like hope or access to these communities and it's very difficult to find until you know we have these different lighthouses that you know shine their light and people see the light and they become drawn to it and that's exactly what the sweatshirts do um i also thought about um doing some sort of t-shirt thing or something because there are people who want to support the podcast and i just don't feel comfortable like directly asking for money for the podcast people are like oh what can we do what can we do and i'm always like just leave us a review uh on whatever podcast player you're listening on but i had this crazy idea to like make some sort of underwear or something and just we, put the logo actually, on there actually no, i'm not trying to sell promote oh, no, go ahead. projectaccept.org we actually sell sweatshirts, t-shirts, and we have underwear that say it's just a rash. Awesome. I like that. I like that a lot. So, I mean, I guess they let me know that I'm going down the right path here. But uh, where can people find these underwear and sweatshirts and um, t-shirts? Project Accept, and that's A-C-C-E-P-T dot uh -huh. Okay. Awesome. And, and, and that's um, the Facebook group that I help admin with Nanette Swirly. Um, she's the co-founder of Project Accept. So... Mm -hmm. Website exists separate from the group, okay. but the group is a closed group, so anybody can search for it and find us. And we just offer support and education, and you know, people just learning about it. So yeah, um, I guess. But but something I want to speak about. Go ahead. That, that I think people don't. The fact that I'm an anomaly in the community, in the sense that um, I I've never had genital outbreaks, and so I don't. You know, sometimes it's harder for me to relate and understand that pain and then, you know, what they go through. But even within the community, I see the division. And and what it is, is people with genital are like, God, I wish I had oral instead. No. Here, here I am with oral thinking, I wish I had genital instead. Yeah, because like, no one sees it. Nobody sees it. You can hide it under your clothes. And the only people you have to disclose to are people that you're going to have sex with. Yeah. And you can take weeks and months to get to know somebody and have them know you before you have to disclose and, and, and have sex with them. For me to be a responsible herpes recipient, <laughs> I have to tell people before I even go on that first date. Uh-huh. Because what if they lean in for a goodnight kiss? Yep. That's how I transmit it. Mm. So for me... I have to wear my scarlet letter for the world to see. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't hide it. Um, my grandson and my children, I always had to kiss them on the head or kiss them on the neck. Even, I would never kiss them when I had a cold sore, but even when I didn't have a cold sore, knowing that I could shed, you know, I, you know, your child comes in for a kiss and you put your hand up. Yeah. That breaks the mother's heart. 
Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, so, so there were things I went through that were hard, but I never felt ashamed. Mm-hmm. I was just cautious about it. Yeah. So I think that it's, you know, even the people, the problem is, is people believe the stigma and the stigma is wrong. Yeah. It's absolutely wrong. And there's so much cognitive dissonance because even though people in the community know the stigma's false and it was just created by big pharma to sell their pharmaceuticals and that this is just a rash people have been getting for hundreds and hundreds of years, they still live as if they believe the stigma. Mm-hmm. And so they believe that cold sores aren't as bad. But they're the same thing. <laughs> not even just that division between oral and genital there's also the division between type one type two when i like i said i've said this before that i've been a type two snob it's like oh you don't have type two like we can't go on this date like we can't talk i don't want to deal with any more herpes than i already have and come to find out like there's not really a there's no difference um Type 2 is more commonly genital. Type 1 is more commonly oral, but you can transfer one to the other. And so it's like, all right, no one has scientifically been able to explain to me yet if I'm, like, having oral sex with a woman, like, I'm, there's no, like, gentle way of saying this. If she's performing oral on me, let's say that, like, are the chances of her getting HSV2 in her mouth just so much significantly lower or... What? Like, there's there's no real explanation for the difference between type 1 and type 2. So there's that division as well. And like I said, I've been that person. I've been the one that has been like, ah, oh, I'm type 2, you're type 1. You you just kind of stay over there. We, we can't do this. And, like, I've obviously grown out of that. Yeah, like, I, I've grown out of that just with doing this podcast and becoming more educated from other people and talking about their own experience. It's really opened my mind to it and really made me realize, well, damn, you know, what is the difference? So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of figure it this way. I've had HSV oral, whether it's one or two, like I said, I don't know. And I don't care because it's not going to change anything for me to know whether it's one or two, mm-hmm. but I think having it for 40 years, I've probably built enough antibodies up in my system that even if I do contract it, acquire it genitally, I'm either going to be asymptomatic or the outbreaks are going to be so minimal I probably wouldn't even notice them. Yeah. So for me at this point, I, I, I could care less if I contract it genitally. Yeah. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the way I would have sex or approach relationships. So, um, I just, it's just disappointing 
to, to see people know the stigma is wrong, mm-hmm. know it's false, know nothing about it is true. It has nothing to do with whether you're dirty or promiscuous or, you know, but yet they still live in shame knowing that that it's not true. Right. And me, I just, I have no shame around anything. I'm not going to have shame around this. And, and when I do, when I hear somebody, you know, talk negatively about somebody with herpes, you know, I'm like, I, I'm, I have more information than they do. Mm-hmm. And because I have information they don't, they don't get to shame me because I know more than them. You know, so my thought is I need to educate this person because once they have the information I have, they're going to see this differently. Right. So I, I have a public page. I talk about it as, you know, verbally as I can, whenever I can. I wear my sweatshirt so I can bring, you know, have the topic come up. But the only way the stigma is going to end is if you and I and every person living with herpes educates other people. Mm-hmm. The media is not going to get rid of the stigma for us. The medical industry isn't going to get rid of the stigma for us. Big Pharma isn't going to get rid of the stigma for us. It is our responsibility as those who live with herpes to stand up for ourselves and end this stigma. And I know a lot of people think this is my own private business. I mean, people with genital <laughs> think this yeah. is my private business and I shouldn't have to share this with anybody. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that, too. Like, people with oral HSV are like, oh, it's just a cold sore. It's not herpes. Like, we have the miseducated people out there like that who think, oh, I can go and kiss, make out, and do whatever. This is just a cold sore. Not understanding or even just being in denial about the fact that cold sores are herpes. Like, <laughs> that's that's just what it that is. Most of my life, mm-hmm. for most of my life. Yeah, and then it took once you became educated, or the situation arose for you to educate yourself. You took that opportunity to do so. You educated yourself, and then you made responsible choices going forward about disclosing and how you went about uh, continuing to move forward in relationships and educating yourself as well as educating others. So, awesome! Thank you. <laughs> I, I think I think those of us who live with cold sores need to be the leaders in ending the stigma because we aren't afforded the ability to keep our status secret or private. We have to wear it and people see it. So since we're not going to hide it and people are looking at us anyway and judging us when we have a cold sore, take that opportunity to speak up. Take that opportunity to educate. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's there anyway. Everybody sees it. Why let somebody look at you and give you a judgmental look of, she's got a cold sore. I'm like, oh no, let me tell you. Yeah, I have a cold sore. But you know, this is herpes, right? It's the same thing as genital. It's not a big deal. 45 million people have it. I, I, I'm not going to let somebody look at me in a judgmental way and not take that chance to educate them. Yeah. So mute on the bus to work i'll talk about it on the bus i'll talk about it at the bar and what's really funny is i find my friends who i don't know if they're positive or not because you know they haven't shared that information with me but they i see their faces when i start talking about herpes in public they're, and they're like, just like oh my god 
Really? interesting thing I heard recently was someone disclosing using the phrase they tested positive for the antibodies of herpes like they 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 have the antibodies in their system and that was received very well and I think that a big thing in disclosing a lot of people have issues with rejection simply because of how they feel about it so if you're coming from a place of this is gross this is disgusting i'm embarrassed this is a disease i'm gonna like i it, it's the worst possible thing that can happen to me when you come from that place and disclosing to someone you're probably not in the position to be able to disclose to that person because you haven't come to terms a with what it really is nor have you been able to come to terms with yourself for you're a person who has herpes you're not herpes you're not everything that's associated with it according to the stigma exactly yeah and it's a virus and it's not a a, a deathly sickening disease or any of those other negatively associated words um but going back to my point about the um antibodies my girlfriend just recently well today actually she went to the uh doctor she got a physical and i think they she went and switched her birth control and she told them about the herpes and uh she had tested positive for type one at one point but then more recently her results showed that she was positive for type two and she got an explanation today at the physician when um what they said was well what happens is your antibodies you tested positive for the antibodies for type two which is the one that i have but this might not be a question for you because it, it, it seems to be really confusing as far as reading the test. And since you and I spoke about someone being able to really analyze these tests for us, this may be a question for them. But if we have the antibodies, like I remember my first test I took because I thought I had herpes uh, when I was in college. So I went and I got a test for herpes and it said that some number was under what it should have been for me to test positive for it and today it was put in the perspective that the fact that i had a number there meant that the antibodies were in my body which means i had already been exposed to it now correct me if i'm wrong but if you've been exposed to herpes then you have the antibodies in your body which means that herpes are in your body so this technically means i've had herpes this whole time even though it was too low to trigger an outbreak but because I have the antibodies for herpes, doesn't that mean I'm positive for herpes? Um, and that's more of a question for the medical professionals yeah. in our group because I'm not a medical professional. But I believe those lower numbers relate to the people 
were asymptomatic. Okay. So the numbers are never, and this is just my thought, their numbers never get high enough that um, they actually have outbreaks. Got it. So I would like for you to connect me with any of those medical professionals. That is like the one thing I haven't had. I've not had a herpes medical professional on here. I've had HIV research um, researchers on, but I've not had anyone who from the medical industry has been able to yeah, offer their... Well, we, we have those individuals. Okay. I'm just not the medical person. No, thank you. Thanks for and saying keep, that. <laughs> keep in mind that the majority of people who have HSV don't know. Yes. You will never know. And the last study that I've seen is that 80% of people 80%. who have HSV don't know. It's not 80% of the population has HSV. It's 80% of the people who do have it don't know. But it's very close to that number also of the people who do have it. Oh, okay. It is that high because it's spreading so rapidly because so many people have it, they don't know they have it, and they're transmitting it to others. Right. So that's why it's rapid. And something we can talk about real quick is the CDC. Mm-hmm. Center and, for Disease um, Control, right? The what? Center for Disease Control. Center for Disease Control. And I have been grappling with this the entire time I've been in the herpes community educating and offering support. And I'm trying to see it from their perspective. But this is their recommendation. And the reason I feel like herpes is spreading so much is because people don't get tested for it. And when you go in to have an STD screening, generally HSV is not part of that screening. And the reason that it's not part of that screening is because the Center for Disease Control does not recommend it to be tested for. So a lot of times insurance won't cover your HSV test and you're going to have to pay for that out of pocket because the insurance company says, oh, well, the Center for Disease doesn't recommend that you be tested for that. So therefore, we don't include it and we don't cover it. Mm -hmm. So most people go in thinking, oh, I had an STD screening and I'm clean yeah yeah and i saw your air quotes <laughs> um but then i have to i tell them but you probably didn't have an hsv test you have to request that and a lot of doctors will not test you for hsv if you've never had an outbreak and you haven't been exposed to it mm-hmm. and so you're thinking why 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 doesn't the center for disease control recommend it their stance is that the worst, the, the majority of people who do have it that would find out that they had it through regular testing are never going to have an outbreak. So it's never going to affect their lives. Right. But if they get a positive result, it can be devastating. Right. And it's just like with the individuals who contemplated taking their own lives as a result of yeah. this, thinking that life so is completely over. They're like, so they're like, is it better for them to know? Or is it better for them not to know? Yeah. Well, you think about it, for them personally, for their personal health, it is better for them not to know and not have it affect their life. But at the same time, they're transmitting it to others. Yeah. And not knowing they're transmitting it to others. So it continues to spread. The other reason they take that stance of not testing is because with HSV, Unfortunately, it's one of those those tests. I don't know why you'll have to ask Barry or Nanette, one of our medical professionals, why they haven't got to the point where tests, um, 
they have so many false positives and false negatives. Oh. If they test, they're going to be telling people you do have it when maybe they don't. Or you're going to tell people they don't have it when maybe they really do. So the inaccuracy of the test is part of the reason. So I understand that from the CDC's perspective. If we test people and these tests aren't accurate enough, we're giving false diagnosis to people or we're not diagnosing people that should be diagnosed. So since there's not enough accuracy in that testing system, the CDC says, you know what? We're not going to go through that and recommend that you be tested and give you false positive or false negative test results. And we're just only going to you know, recommend that you be tested if you've been exposed to or, or had an outbreak. And I get that. Mm-hmm. But I also feel it's very, very irresponsible of a national health organization to know how quickly and how much this is spreading because their recommendation to not test. Yeah. Kind of torn. I see it from both sides. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, I, I guess maybe the place for us to work is to get more accurate testing. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's one thing to do. Falses. Yeah. That's one thing we can do. Um, and just to kind of add to what you were saying, when it comes to the testing, I have a friend who was, uh, she was raped and she was in she had dated someone so she knows that her positive uh her hsv could have come from one of those two cases but she's gone forward and asked her previous partner who that she was on good terms with obviously she asked him to go get tested and the doctor would not test him because he didn't have anything visible he didn't have any visible sores and he just the doctor actually just told him hey go you're fine just use condoms so she can't get that closure so this fucks her up and then he could possibly have it and he was just misinformed told to go and make sure he uses condoms and he won't spread it so he's gonna go on if he is in fact positive for hsv thinking okay i can just use condoms i'll use condoms i'll use condoms and have sex with whoever knows how many people and then have that kind of same effect going on and it's just like a a, a ripple effect to how this is spread between people yeah and i used to think that was irresponsible of doctors and i actually every time i go to a doctor no matter whether they're you know my regular physician or my gynecologist or my i even had a herpes conversation with my ear nose throat specialist a couple weeks ago (laughs) because you know you don't just get herpes orally and generally people get it on their hands on their arms on their thighs on their butts you know yeah Um, my friend has it in her nose so so it's a conversation i need to have with him but I guess you got to think of it from the perspective of the doctor. The doctor knows that if you have a lesion and you have an outbreak and he swabs that, he is going to get an accurate test result from that. But he knows if you have nothing visible and he just does a blood test, he knows he might give you a false result. So I understand their position of not wanting to test you if there's nothing there. Because they know that they might get a positive result back and it might be negative. So, so I try to understand it from both sides. Mm-hmm. But so, honestly, this, this is the, the, the reality of it. Since the majority of people who have HSV acquired it before the age of 10 from a family member or a relative kissing them. 
And so they get it. Either they end up like me having cold sores for the rest of their life, or they don't actually have outbreaks, but they still carry it. And it's a ripple effect of just passing it and passing it yeah. and passing it. The only way I see to ever end the spread of HSV without a cure is if we stop kissing our kids. Oh, wow. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no one's going to stop kissing like, their kids. Well, you may save them, and, and, and that's sad, is so many parents with HSV don't want to kiss their kids because they don't want to pass it to them. But can you imagine the impact on a child if you don't kiss your child? Can you imagine the impact on a child if you put your hand up every time they run in to give you a kiss and you stop them? Mm -hmm. I think that is going to cause just more emotional distress yeah. than it would for a child to, you know. My daughter, I don't know if she's going to, but she'll be fine. <laughs> she um, got tested and she came back positive for HSV-1 about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Not even a bump in the road for her. Not even a bump in the road because she has been talking, hearing me talk about education and, and herpes for years. Mm -hmm. So when she got that diagnosis, she was like, I know everything I need to know about this. <laughs> Thanks, <You> know? Mom. <laughs> so I educated her. Yeah. I educated her. She knew what it was. She knew everything about it. So she just came home and nonchalantly said, oh, I got my HSV test. I'm positive for one. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, well, I probably gave it to you kissing you. And she's like, that's okay. I'd rather you kiss me than not kiss me. It's yeah. not the end of my world. Right. So... So if people are educated, when they get that diagnosis, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And so, a lot of a lot of times, like, we don't get that education upon diagnosis. We get a pamphlet, medication, and then we're sent on our way. There's no additional resources available to us or anything. And we're just on our own to go and start Googling stuff, which we always talk on here about how quickly that just turns into such a bad thing. Cancer. Yep, there you go. There you go. Um, this is a really good place for us to stop here. Um, we're going to do a part two um, because I did tell everybody that the episodes would be between 25 and 35 minutes. And I, like I said, I knew you had a lot to say. So what I want to cover in the next part of this episode of Something Positive for Positive People is um, I want to talk more about the groups. Um, I think that the support groups out there are amazing and I would like to... Uh, help other people find these support groups for themselves and then we can go on and talk about whatever else just comes up because like, I'm really excited to be talking with you right now and um, I like how this is going completely unscripted so Definitely. and um, because I'm a devil's advocate and I have a perspective unlike others we'll talk about the groups and I'll, I'll, I'll also talk about the downsides of the groups Awesome. I appreciate that. Well, you can say see you later or whatever you want to say in this episode to the people. They can't see you doing that. <laughs> She's throwing up two peace signs. Um, so this concludes. You are not your virus. No shame. No shame. Hashtag no shame. Can we do that? I think so. I just wrote into um, Megan Kelly and told her that me too belong to the herpes community. Oh my God. You are going to start something. Let me stop you now. <laughs> All right, guys, this concludes part one of this episode of Something Positive for Positive People with Angela from projectaccept.org. Um, tune in for part two. Oh, it sounds so professional. That's terrible. 
wait for part two to come out. I'll put them out at the same time, but you have to go from part one to part two. If you're looking for me at all on social media, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr at H on my chest. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast player. And until next time, which will be not too long from now because you're immediately going to go to part two. Stay positive.